you're about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Dr. Eddie Montgomery Sr. ministers a message entitled, Hindsight is 2020. Stay tuned. That's in the building. And on this morning, I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke, the 19th chapter in the 11th verse. That's the book of Luke, the 19th chapter, and the 11th verse. And this, we've been studying on the kingdom of God, amen, for several weeks now. And I thank God for it because the kingdom of God is a magnificent thing, especially, and the more you understand it, the more excited you get about it. Hallelujah, glory to God. At least that's what it is for me. It makes me excited to know what God has in store for each and every one of us. So on this morning, we're going to continue, amen, on the message or the theme of the kingdom of God from the book of Luke, the 19th chapter and the 11th verse. Now, I'm going to just by way of background, give you a little bit of information regarding how the scripture is set. And, you know, it's important that we understand the context of things, you know, because you can say certain words and say certain things. But if you say them out of context, then they won't really mean the same thing to you. But when you say something in context, then you really understand it and you can truly appreciate it. So on this morning, by way of background, the book of Luke in, in the 19th chapter, it brings us to where Jesus is traveling. He's on a journey and he's traveling from the town of Jericho. He's actually traveling and coming through Jericho on his way heading to Jerusalem because he knows that he's facing the end part of his ministry. He sees things happening and he knows that his time is short. It won't be long before the men that are there and the people that are there will turn against him and they will begin to cry out, crucify him, crucify him. You know, and it's interesting because people are like that. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, people are going to be people. Yeah, people are going to be people. No matter what you do, you can, they may like you one moment and they may hate you the next. They may say that you're the greatest one moment and then they'll say that you're the lousiest the next. So people are going to be people no matter what you do. If you do the right thing, they're going to say, some are going to say they like it and some are going to say they don't like it. If you do the wrong thing, some will say they don't like it, but there'll be some who'll say, well, it's all right with me and they won't mind. So people are just going to be people. But I thank God for knowing on today a God that is consistent. He's traveling, our Lord Jesus is traveling through the town of Jericho, and you all may remember in the scriptures, Jericho was where they fought the battle. Amen. And they fought the battle and the walls came tumbling down. Joshua, amen, the successor of Moses, he fought the battle at Jericho. So that town, Jesus was passing through it. And as he passed through it on the way to Jerusalem, it says that he encountered a man named Zacchaeus. A man named Zacchaeus. He was a, a short guy, and, but he was, he was a tax collector. He was an accountant in today's terms. He was an accountant, but he was a tax collector. And it says that Jesus told him he saw him and up in a tree because Zacchaeus, because he was so short, he wanted to see Jesus when he came by. So he climbed up into a tree and was looking down at Jesus, you know, in the crowd, because there were so many people following Jesus that he couldn't see Jesus. So he climbed in the tree and Jesus saw him up there. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus. Come down, because today I want to abide at your house. In other words, I want to sup with you. I want to communicate with you on this day. 
Well, by way of background, Zacchaeus did that and Jesus made a declaration. He said something that really stood out to the people. He told them, he said, that, and this is, I'm actually going up preceding the 11th verse up to the ninth day. He says, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he is also a son of Abraham. And finally, he says, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. In other words, I'm not coming here for just those that are, are saved. I'm not coming here just for those that are believers, but I'm coming for unbelievers as well. Because God, he wanted all souls to be saved. He did. He wanted all souls to be saved, but he knew some people would accept him and some people would reject him. It's your choice. Yeah, it's your choice. So as they thought about that, it says in the 11th verse, this is the book of Luke, the 19th chapter in the 11th verse, says, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable or a story, short story, because he was near to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Well, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds or gave them some money. He gave each one of them a pound and said unto them, occupy until I come. In other words, work it. Okay, do something with it. Work it. Be productive until I come. Now he was going to receive a kingdom unto himself. It says, and he called, when he called them, told them to occupy. It says in the 14th verse, but his citizens, those individuals that lived in the country where he was going to receive for himself, says when he called, they, they said they came together and they hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Or we don't want him to be our king. We don't want him to be over us. We don't want him to rule over us. The 15th verse says, And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom. Now he received the kingdom, whether they liked it or not, whether they wanted him to be over them or not. He received the kingdom. The kingdom was his to do with whatever he wanted to do. He received the kingdom regardless of what they thought and regardless of what they said. Says then, and it came to pass in the 15th verse when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money and that, he had, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. He expected them to do something with the gift that he had given them. Yeah, he expected them to put it to work. He expected something from it. It says then, the 16th verse, Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound, or the, and a pound is equivalent to about a dollar and 24 cents in U.S. dollars today. It's about that much. It says, he said unto him, The money that you've given me, he says, thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. And the Lord said unto him, Well, Thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. In other words, you're getting a city for each pound that you've gained. So there's a reward. There's a benefit 
a benefit from what that he, he did with his efforts, with his work, with his labor. And the Lord loved that. The 18th verse then says, And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. In other words, I've, I've, you know, I haven't quite quadrupled it, or, you know, but I, out of my one dollar, I get, got five dollars. You can put that as the analogy. Out of the one dollar, I earned five dollars. And, and he said, likewise to him, be thou over five cities. Well, that sounds really good. Says, and another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound or the money which I have kept laid up in a napkin. I hid it. I hid it and didn't do anything with it. For I feared thee because thou art an austere man. A steer man is like a student. It's like a steer, like very strict, very business minded, you know, very, very orderly. I'm a very, I knew that you were an austere man. Thou hast, and thou takest up that thou hast laid not down, or you begin to reap what you haven't sown. And he said unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest, he says, yeah, you knew that I was an asture man, taking up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money, somebody shout my money, my money, my money to the bank, that, that at my coming I might have required my own, in other words, the money I gave him, plus interest. Usury means interest. He says, and he said unto them, that stood by, take from him that the pound and give it to him that hath 10 pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he already has 10 pounds. For he says, I say unto you, that unto everyone that hath shall be given. And from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. But those, my enemies, those that said they didn't want me to reign over them, those that rejected me, which would not that I should reign over them, bring them hither and slay them before me. You can close your Bibles. Amen. What he was telling, I want to exegete this as we go throughout the, the, the scripture, because this is a significant thing. My message on this morning is hindsight is 2020. How many of you have ever heard that expression before? Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. What it's saying is, if you look back on a situation, you can see things a lot clearer after the fact. Yeah, after the fact. But when you're looking at something and you can't make a decision as to what to do or which way to go, you're perplexed and you're like, I don't know really what, what I should do. But once everything has happened, you can say, yeah, that's what I should have done. Or that's how I should have done this. So hindsight is twenty. 20. Yeah, things get into focus when you look at it after the fact. Things can become very clear when it doesn't matter anymore, when it, uh, it's already gone past and something has already happened. Then you can say, oh, now I see. Now I understand. Hindsight is 2020. As Jesus was traveling and he came upon this, this place where he was talking to them after he had gone through Jericho. And he said to them, you know, this, the kingdom of God is a lot like this. It's a lot like a king, a, 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 a nobleman who goes to receive a kingdom. And he was making it a comparison of himself. 
himself. He says, it's like me. I'm coming down here into this earth to receive a kingdom. But there are some that are rejecting it. There's some that says we don't want him to reign over us. We don't want what he has to say. We don't want his preaching. We don't want his teaching. We're not going to adopt that. There are some that reject it. Now, the funny thing about it is it says that they were his citizens. Oh, Jesus. His citizens. In other words, they had every opportunity to be part of the kingdom, but they rejected him. They had every right to be part of the kingdom because they were in the country. They were already there. Now, there's a little hidden truth in this because the thing is there's some insight, not truth, but insight because the word is true. But the insight is they were already his citizens. He didn't have to do anything to get them to be his citizens. They were already his citizens. He already had rulership over them. He had already had authority over them. But they didn't know it. They couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. They looked at him and thinking, oh, he's an outsider. And we don't want an outsider to rule over us. Isn't that how it is today? So many people will say things and they'll, they'll talk about the word of God in a manner as though it doesn't apply to them. Right. You know, yeah, they'll, they'll say, I, I don't know about you know, this word, this Jesus that y'all be talking about and all that. I don't want no part of any of that. Not realizing that they're already part of that. They're already part of that. God says they were all his citizens. All of them were already his citizens. Secondly, the thing is, he called 10 of his servants. 10. He gave each one of them one pound each. That was 10 pounds. But only three of them were accountable unto him. Only three of them. That it's, we don't know what happened to the other seven. I don't know about you, but if you gave, if, if I gave my money to 10 of y'all and, and told y'all to go ahead and, you know, use it, work, work it and, you know, occupy it, put it to use. And at a certain time, I'll come back and I, I want my money. Turn to your neighbor again and say, I want my money. I want my money. All right. So when I come back and I asked you for my money, if I had, if I gave it to 10 of you, how many do you think I was expecting back at least? No, if I gave $1 to each, to 10 people, how many dollars do you think I at least expect to get back? $10. But it says he's got, he, he got, only three of them came back. What happened to the other seven? Did they go out partying? Did they, did they go to the pizza parlor? Or did they go, you know, to the club? Or did they go to the, to the downtown and, and, and shop, to the shopping malls? What happened to the other seven? I hear a sister say they did what they wanted to do, but they were not accountable. They were not accountable. They did not want to be held accountable. So as a result, the Bible doesn't even mention them. Doesn't even mention them. So they're not even worth mentioning. But the, he mentioned the first that came with the 10 pounds that says, you gave me a dollar and I came back with $10. I have $10 for you, master. Here you go. The master said, now, you're a good servant. You're a very, very good servant. You know why? Because he was saying that that one servant was very productive. Very productive. And that's what God is looking for, even among us. He's looking for us to be productive. 
not just to be taking his benefits and doing nothing with them, but he says, I want you to be productive. I want you to produce, to do things, to occupy, to work. Occupy means to work. If I have an occupation, that means I have a job. I have the ability to go somewhere to work. So he says, occupy till I come. But the one that occupied the most produced such a vast amount of productivity. He says he has 10. He turned to the other and the other says, Lord, of the $1 you gave me, I produced $5. Yeah, he says, well, then you were productive too. You know, maybe not as much as the other, but I'm not comparing right now. And I'm just letting you know, I expect everyone to be productive. And we have to be productive in the Lord as well. Spiritually, if you are not producing spiritually, you are out of balance. You're off balance. You really are. You're off balance. You're out of balance. You're not, you're not weighted equally. If you're not being productive, if you're not doing something for the Lord, for his glory, you're out of balance. So he says to the, to the one that gave five, he says, good, you're, you're good too. So you, you could be over five cities, not just one, but over five. And then he turned to the other one that came. The other one that came, no doubt, says, well, at least I didn't lose the money. Maybe the other seven blew it. Maybe they, they went to Las Vegas, I guess. I don't know, Brother Antoine. Maybe they lost all the money, you know, came back with their, their pockets empty. But he says, I, I have the money that you gave me, Lord. I do have it. He says, but I put it in a napkin, you know, and I folded it up nice and neat, and I tucked it away, and I hid it. I hid it. How many of y'all still hiding your money under your mattress? Don't raise your hand because then we'll know. Amen. Yeah, some people, they'll, they, they said, I hid the money. I didn't put it in the bank. I didn't go and invest it. I didn't do anything. I didn't make it work for me. I hid it so that it would stay there because I knew that you were an accountable person. You were a very strict person. If you give someone something, you expect them to do something with it. Amen. He knew that. He knew that. And the thing about that, that really got me so much because he turned to him and he says, you're a wicked servant. Wicked. He told the first one that got the 10 pounds, he said he was good. Good servant. But the one that didn't produce, he says, you're a wicked servant. Because you knew the word. You knew the thing. And that's what he's saying to us. When we know the word of God, but we don't do anything with it. Oh, Jesus. He says, then we become wicked because then you're now preventing others from being able to benefit from the word. You're preventing others from being able to grow. When you don't spread the gospel like that God has given you, you prevent others from hearing it. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach except they be sent? When God gives you something, he expects you to do something with it. Yes, he does. He expects you to do something with it. He says to this, the wicked servant, he told him that he knew the kind of a person he was, but then he didn't do anything with it. And you see, what I learned from that, and I want to share with you is, not, not just, you don't just work to be working. No, you don't just work to be working. But you've got to find a way to allow the work you do to, to, to produce to the point where it reflects your attitude. Yeah, yeah, it reflects your attitude. If your job, if you don't like your job, my advice to you is to, to, to find another one and then leave that one. You know, don't go try and leave in the job first without a job. Amen. But you want to find a job first that you like and then tell them I'm not coming back to y'all because I found someplace else that I really like better. 
You know, so, but, it, it, but because it becomes a matter of your attitude. If you don't like your job sooner or later, you're not going to produce as much as you would produce. Yeah, no, you're not going to be as, as motivated to be as productive as you could be if you really don't, don't like it. Now, this wicked servant, it, it was about his attitude because he says, I took your money, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. He says, I took your money and I hid it and I didn't do anything with it. But here's your money that you gave me. I'm just giving you back what you gave me. So you shouldn't be too, too mad with me because at least I'm giving you what you gave me back. And, and the, 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 the nobleman says, wait a minute, wait a minute. It doesn't work like that. If I give it to you, I expect you to do something with it and to provide an increase. I expect you to provide an increase. Amen? You, no, no, come on. How many of y'all, if you, if you loan me $100 and you said, I said, well, not even loan. You said, Pastor, here's $100. Now, you know what? Let's see if you can double it. Or multiply, you know, be fruitful. There you go. That's the word. Be fruitful and multiply. Multiply. Let's see if you can multiply. And if I turn, I say, well, you ain't have to give me nothing. You know, I, I can make my own money. You ain't have to give me $100. I got $100. In fact, I'll take your $100 and I'll just hide it under the mattress. So when you ask for it, I'll be able to give it back to you. That shows that I really don't even appreciate what you have given me as a gift. I don't. I don't appreciate it. Nor do I have the attitude that I'm going to be a blessing because you are a blessing to me. You've given me seed. Amen? You've given me something to sow. You've given me seed. And if I sow it the right way, I'll reap a reward. I'll reap a profit. I'll reap a benefit. I'll exceed what you've given me. And I can give it back to you and say, here, here's the $100 that you gave me. And plus, I'm giving you back $75 also on top of that. Now, would, would, would you give me another $100 later on if I needed it? If I say I need $100, you say, well, sure, because you always give me back more than I gave you. Amen. That's what God is looking for us from today. Yeah. He's saying what I have given you, I'm looking to get back more. more. Multiply. Be fruitful. Amen. Be fruitful Amen. and multiply. Amen. If you're an apple tree, how many of you all would, would really truly uh, invest in an a apple orchard or an orange grove or a grape vineyard if all, you, when it, all of your work that you did, all of the watering, the fertilizing and the labor and you hired people to pick in the fruit and all of that and they came there and when it was the season all you had was one apple on one apple tree and one orange on one orange tree and one grape y'all know the size of a grape right one grape out of all the vines that you planted you only get one grape but you got all these people waiting to to harvest the, the fruit would you be pleased with that 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 yard that garden that grove that, that vineyard no you say this is an unproductive vineyard this is an unproductive orange grove this is an unproductive apple orchard one apple out of all these trees I planted, I only get one apple. What is that going to do? That's not going to allow me to have any kind of a profit. I can't go to the market with a whole basket, big old basket, and, and they look in the basket and there's one apple. And I say, I'm here to make money. They'll look at me like I'm crazy because they'll say, you don't understand how to be fruitful. You don't understand how to multiply that which you have planted. And that's what God is saying to us today. We have got to be fruitful even in the kingdom of God. Amen. We've got to learn how to be fruitful down here, saints. 
if we're going to be fruitful in the kingdom of God, we've got to learn how to be fruitful down here. You cannot just hold the word of God to yourself. Uh-uh. You got to tell somebody. Turn to your neighbor's eye. I've got to tell somebody about this. Yeah, I've got to tell somebody about this. Whether they listen or whether they don't. Whether they hear you, whether they reject you or accept you. You've got to tell somebody about this word of God. Because you can't just hold it to yourself. It's like fire. Shut up in your bone. You've got to tell somebody about the word of God. The Lord says, yeah, the thing about Jesus, he says that when we allow our work to influence our attitude, we find ourselves producing a great deal. We find ourselves being very, very fruitful. Yeah. I, I once uh, I have a, a, a cousin my wife's, on my wife's side. His name is Richard, and he works. Richard got a job. He works in, in New York and Long Island. Richard got a job as a very young man, very young man. And Richard enjoyed his job. He, he never missed a day. He was never absent, not one day. Even when he didn't feel good, he still went to work. And the thing about it is Richard loved not just that job, but Richard said, I like to work. So he got a second job. And this was like 30-something years ago. He got a second job, and he worked, and he never missed a day on that job. And for over 35 years, Richard worked two jobs and never missed a day. Now see, because he enjoyed what he did. And he was very fruitful. He was very, very, very fruitful. People look at Richard, and Richard, they tell a story of Richard, went out on a date one time, and he had a young lady that he liked. And the young lady says, okay, well, we're going to go to, to dinner, maybe a movie, and then we can go on back home. And he says, okay, that's fine. So they went to dinner, and they went to the movie, and when they had finished watching the movie, they were standing out, ready, getting ready to go home. So he called a cab. You know, to go take them home. And as they came, as the cab came, Richard told the young lady, he opened the door like a gentleman. She got inside the cab. And he says, okay. And he told the cab the address. And she says, wait a minute, where, where are you going? And Richard said, well, I'm, I'm going to let you ride. This is his first time riding in a cab. He says, I'm going to let you ride because I, I, I'm not going to pay for both of us. He said, I ain't got enough money to pay for both of us. So he says, I'll let you ride. They said, no, Richard, it don't work like that. You know, when you pay for the cab the one time, both of y'all can ride. All y'all can ride. He says, oh, I didn't know that. He says, because, see, I'm a very frugal person. I wasn't going to pay for twice to ride, you know, for two people to ride. That's how he thought. And Richard amassed a lot of money. He's very wealthy. But the thing is, you, you got to understand, when you enjoy something, you'll work two jobs. You'll work three jobs if that's what you really enjoy. Amen. But on, on top of that, the key thing is it influences your attitude. Yes. It does. Your work influences your attitude. When you are working for God, you don't mind doing things that the Lord said, says, I need you to sacrifice to do this. Or I need you to, to come and work extra to do that. You don't mind doing that because you say, I enjoy my job. Yes. I enjoy my job. Saints of God, I'm on my way to heaven and I'm enjoying the trip. I don't know about y'all, but I'm enjoying the trip because I enjoy my job. I really do. And on top of that, the Lord says the, the thing, the reason why hindsight is so often 2020 is because it's not until after it's over, after the job is over, that you realize the value of the work. Yeah, you realize the value of the work when you look back on it. 
Why are you whittling a statue? That just looks like a piece of rock or a piece of stone or, or a piece of wood. If you don't really envision, I mean, you can't really see what that stone or that rock or that statue is supposed to look like until after it's over with. And when it's over with and you're, you're finished with it, then everybody comes by, oh, that's a beautiful statue. I really like that. And you can honestly say, yeah, hindsight is 2020 because if you would have seen what this looked like when I started on it. Come on, somebody. If you would have seen what this looked like when I started on it, you, would have re you really wouldn't have thought that it would turn out to be what it turned out to be. God is saying the same thing about you. He says if they could see what you really used to look like versus what you look like now that I've, had, that I've worked on you. Yeah, now in hindsight is 2020. Those that say, oh, I really would like to be like you. I want to be, you say, you don't say that, don't say that because you don't know what I've been through in order to look like what I look like. Amen? Amen. But see, when hindsight is 2020, because the, and after the fact, you then can appreciate the value of it when you see the finished work. The finished work. God is letting us know that the kingdom of God is very much like that. It's a work in process right now. It's a work in progress right now. But you won't really appreciate the value of what you bring to the kingdom of God until you are actually finally there. Can you imagine, you, you know all that you've done for the Lord and the Lord turning to you and saying, I'm going to give you not just one mansion, but 50 mansions. You say, Lord, what am I going to do with 50 mansions? You know, I can only live in one. He said, well, you can live in one at this point and you can live in another at a different point. But if he gives you 50, you begin to wonder, why do I deserve so much? What did I do to deserve so much? And the Lord is telling us today, you won't realize the true value that you have to God until you're in his kingdom. When you're in his kingdom, then you're going to realize how much value God has in you, how much worth you have that you're worth to God. It takes saints, the hindsight right now, it takes the hindsight for us to even be able to envision what our foresight is going to lead us into. We've got to look back on what God has already done for us. And say, Lord, if you did it then, then I know you can do it now. If you blessed me back then, I know you can bless me now. Lord, if you bless me now, I can imagine what you're going to bless me with in the future. I have an expectation in God. And that expectation, it keeps me motivated. It does. It keeps me motivated. It says, this is the thing that propels me to go forward. That keeps driving me to go forward. Because I have an expectation in God. On today... On today, I thank God because it says the message really is about how the attitude of the wicked servant was to reject what the, the nobleman gave him. He did. He didn't value it. He didn't value it. He says, it's not mine, so I'm going to hide it and I'll just give it back to him when he needs it because it's really not mine. Not realizing that it was a blessing to him that was given to him and it was given so that he could benefit from it. He could profit from it. How do we know that? Because he said to the one that, that he gave the one pound he, and that earned 10 pounds, he said to him, because you were such a good servant and because you took and were faithful over a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I'm going to give you 10 cities. You know, he, he didn't say, I want 10 cities back from you. He says, but because you took my one pound and you made it 10 pounds, 
and that's what you gave me back. I'm going to give you authority over 10 cities. That's where his blessing came in. It came in after he had sold his effort and had been busy occupying the Lord's funds. After he had been busy taking the resources that God gave him and multiplying them. That's when he saw. Afterwards, when he saw, well, you, you, you put me over 10 cities? Wow. Because God says, if you can manage a little, then I can hold you accountable for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If you can manage a little, I can hold you accountable for a lot. And that message should resonate with somebody today because God has given you enough for you to say, well, he's given me a little bit of faith. Or he's given me a little bit of courage. He's given me a little, but now I know he can hold me accountable for a lot more because I'm being faithful over the little that I have. I'm being faithful. I'm not, I'm not taking it and wasting it, but I'm being faithful over the few things that I have because I know one day God will bless me with even more. Even more. On today, saints, I pray that this message, that it hits home for you so that you realize that not only is God looking for you to be productive, but he's also looking for you to be accountable. That which God has given you, be accountable for what he has already given you. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. And for those who he has come to, who he has presented himself to, don't reject him like the citizens of the country. Don't reject him, but accept him. For those who accept him, God will use you in his kingdom. The reason why many will not go into the kingdom of God simply is because they reject him. They reject him. They say, we don't want him to reign over us. And because they don't want him to reign over them, he says that he will bring them before them and tell them to slay them in front of him. In other words, destroy them. We don't want to be in a position where we're rejecting God or his son, but we want to accept his son so that he can accept us. When, when we reject God, God, make no, no doubt about it, he will reject us. But if we accept him, he will accept us. Stand to your feet with me as we get ready to pray. Again, I pray that this word touches somebody's heart and it causes you to think about the things God has already given you. Because he's given you a lot. He says, if I've already given you something, I'm expecting you to work it. I'm expecting you to multiply it. Spread. If God has given you love in your heart, he expects you to show love to others. Yes, if he's giving you some joy in your life, he expects you to share that joy with others. Let him know the reason why I'm happy is because God is in my life. Yes. If he's giving you a little bit, you share it with somebody else. I, I can't just even, I, some people say, I never give a homeless person or a person that I see on the street on the side of the road or at the exit at the end of the interstate, I never give them nothing. Well, I do. Every now and then, if the Lord lead on my heart, I'll say, here, brother, you know, I don't care what you do with it. Bottom line is, I'm giving it from my heart. I'm sowing it because I know God will bless me for what I do. And I pray that you will have the same mind so he can bless you with the blessing you've received. You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.